it's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's abnormally mysterious. Yes. Don't you think? Yes. I've heard of many cases like this. 90% of the time, or 99% of the time, when you work a, a death investigation or a homicide, you know what happens, or you've got a, a good viable theory of what happens. This one is not that cut and dry. In a homicide, you usually have a good suspect most of the time that you kind of say, well, you know, that person's looking very good for it. This one, you've got so many. Do you have any opinions on who it might have been? No. There, there were just so many people in that case who were capable of doing that, or, you know, a murderer, if that's what happened. When 30-year-old Judy McFarlane was found dead in a locked retention pond back in 1992, local law enforcement put quite a bit of thought into how she might have ended up behind that gate, right on the edge of Gainesville, Florida's city limits. But that's where records at the Alachua County Sheriff's Office stop, in the middle of figuring out the how and never getting to the who. That left Judy's family to spend the last 32 years guessing at suspects on their own. The first person I suspected to be straight honest was her ex-husband. We're gonna start in the most obvious place. After all, they always say it was the husband, right? Connected to the whole thing, you know, is McFarlane. McFarlane, 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 McFarlane. Jim McFarlane, Judy's estranged husband, had been living in Canada when Judy disappeared in January of 1992. But for Judy's older sister, Nancy, his assumed location had no impact on her suspicions. Always thought he had someone do it or did it himself for some reason, but maybe that's because I never liked him, number one. He was not a good man. He was not a good person, I'll say that. From what I can tell, this was the family lore, and the only thing that's changed is who has moved on from thinking Judy's husband was involved in her death, and who still firmly believes he got away with murder. And you think it was Jim? Yeah, and like I said, if it, if it wasn't Jim with somebody else, Jim knows who did it. I know I keep telling you about the lack of records showing any kind of investigation into Judy's death, but I think this part's really weird. Even when Judy was a missing person, there's nothing showing the sheriff's office tracked down her husband. And to me, that's not just weird because it seems like the most obvious person to talk to, but also because Jim McFarlane was a drug cartel pilot with a record, and yet it doesn't look like anyone talked to him about his missing or murdered wife. You get this weird, you know what I'm saying? I don't even know how to explain to you. It's one of those sensations you get in the pit of your stomach every time you're around that guy. I didn't like him. I tried to not have to even converse with the guy ever since the beginning that I met him. There's a trail to follow through this missing person investigation that shows who detectives spoke with about Judy. But missing from that trail was Jim. Until now. You know, it's one of the main reasons I came here today. I wanted to hear you talk about Judy. I think you've been through a lot of stuff in your life. You know, I'm glad you came out okay at the other end. Judy did not, and I am firmly committed to finding out what happened to her. I wanted to meet you, and I wanted you to know. I wanted to look you in the eye and say, I'm going to find out what happened to Judy. I'm Haley Holloway, and this is Shallow Graves.
Would you tell me, Nancy, what she was like? I, I'd like to hear more about her life and her personality. Uh, when we were little, she was the brazing brave one. I was the little scaredy cat, and she was four years younger than me. So everywhere I went, she wanted to tag along, hmm. hold on to my shirt, hang on to my jeans. I get mad at her. Here I am, a teenager, and I want to sneak out, and she's tagging along. Nancy has 30 years of memories with Judy, but she's now lived longer without her than she did with her. And she's had to spend the without years trying to figure out what happened to her little sister. What kind of mom was she? An awesome mom. That was the point. That's why I know after 40 hours, if she went back, she something had happened. I didn't ever want to believe she was dead, but I knew. And I tried to make my brain face that I knew she was. She was a beautiful girl, but she was a... a tough cookie out there too was she yeah she didn't take crap off of nobody the way nancy and mary are describing judy is the only way i've ever seen her described she was a pretty doting young mom but she also had this don't mess with me attitude she was sweet and everyone notes that she was both street smart and intellectual and nancy told me judy was using the gi bill to get her degree when she was killed i mean she's pretty she's intelligent she ain't no dummy from nowhere, you know what I'm saying? She's, yeah. she's not like a little frail, delicate, ignorant, pretty girl. No. What happened, Mary, that she's, you know, this gorgeous, intelligent young woman? She's in the Army. How did she go from that to the life she had no with clue. Jim McFarlane? I got no clue. She seemed really, really bright and like she had a lot of stuff going for her and then things just took a turn. But I think the biggest turn in Judy's life is when she met her husband, because that seemed to start her down a whole different road. Kevin Allen, the cold case detective at the Alachua County Sheriff's Office, told me Judy was just 19 years old when she first met the then 38-year-old Jim McFarlane. According to my interviews and the police reports, Judy was working basically as a housekeeper, but she was working at an airport out in Pembroke Pines cleaning up airplanes. And one of the pilots who had a plane there was Jim McFarlane, and Judy was working on Jim's plane. Jim McFarlane was a pilot and he was a smuggler and he smuggled drugs for cartels in South America, in Central America. And so Judy went from probably living a normal lifestyle to getting into the drug business and marrying someone who is a pilot for a cartel. If I can be honest, I've been putting off this part of the story procrastinating when to tell you about these years in Judy's life, and that probably makes me biased or even irresponsible as a journalist. But I needed you to care about Judy so that you can care about what happened to her. And it's possible that this Jim McFarlane chapter in her life will make that a little bit harder. Because while I've told you a bit about Jim's career with drug cartels, what I've been putting off telling you is that he brought Judy into it with him. Where were they coming from? What was the setup? Jim was very well versed in flying to Central and South America. And he would go down and pick up a load, bring it to Florida, and it would get unloaded. And he would get paid large amounts of money. And this was from Jim McFarland in cash. How did Judy go from, she was cleaning the plane, but then she got more involved in Jim's operation? Yeah, I don't, I think 
Jim told me he never took her on any actual flights involving drugs at that point, but he did say that he used her and Judy's sister, Jeanette, as a ground crew to help unload the planes once they got to the ground. And it was primarily marijuana that they were smuggling? Yes, I think marijuana was their smuggling drug of choice back then. And I would imagine that was a really lucrative setup. And that was the drug heyday, too, back in South Florida. Jim said he was bringing in $100,000 per load until they got caught and he was sent to federal prison. Today's date is October 13th, the year is 2016. The following is an interview of Jim McFarlane by Detective Kevin Allen of the Alachua County Sheriff's Office. This interview is taking place at Mr. McFarlane's residence in Langley, British Columbia. Also present for this interview is Steve Huff, an investigator with the RCMP. Jim? Uh, I'm Kevin Allen, like I said before. I'm a cold case detective. I was assigned Judy's case. And what I'd like to do is just tell you how I got involved in Judy's case, and then we could just talk for a while if it's okay. Shortly after Detective Allen reopened Judy's cold case, he tracked Jim McFarland down in Canada, and he flew out to talk to him about his deceased wife. There is quite a bit writing on this interview. This was the guy most of Judy's family believed was responsible for her murder. And yet, to the detective's knowledge, no one had ever asked him about it. So he wanted to hear Jim's story firsthand. Well, if, if it's okay with you, I would love to hear how, when you met Judy and how your relationship blossomed. And I met her on the beach down, down in uh, Hollywood, Florida. So I had an airplane then over at uh, the airport that back behind Hollywood there. Uh, Pembroke Pines? North Perry. North Perry, okay, yeah. out west. Yeah, I had one out there and then she was out there and so I had them over there cleaning the airplane. And you met her on uh, Hollywood Beach? On the beach down Hollywood, yeah. And there was a big age difference, right? Yeah, she was 19, I was 38, I remember that. Were you a pilot at that point? Yeah. Okay. Jim and Judy got married, and Judy went from cleaning the planes to helping offload bales of marijuana into Florida. The structure of time's kind of iffy here. Obviously, I can't go request records from whatever cartel they were working for to help put together a timeline. But it seems like Jim and Judy started in South Florida and eventually moved back up to North Central Florida, which is where Gainesville is and where Judy had grown up. But again, all we really know is that this all happened sometime in that big window of time from when Jim and Judy met, which must have been around 1980 if Judy was 19, to 1989, when their Narcos days would abruptly end. Where did you fly out of, mostly? Well, I flew out of Fort Lauderdale, and I flew out of... Uh, executive or international? Uh, the executive sometimes, uh, Opelaka, Gainesville. Where did you live in Gainesville? We lived on a lake out there on uh, Calpin Lake. Okay. Okay, remember that for later, that Judy and Jim eventually lived somewhere called Cowpen Lake, which is this lake that's made up of connected sinkholes about an hour and a half east of Gainesville. Again, this is just somewhere in that big undefined decade. And Cousin Mary told me that Jim and Judy's place there was really close to a private airstrip, which brings us back to international drug trafficking. How many loads do you think you did over the years? Oh, I don't know. I lost count, okay. I lost count. How many runs do you think you did for Columbia here? Quite a few. You're paid cash each time? Yeah, come with a bunch of cash. How many planes did you go through? A lot. Four or five? Oh, a lot. (laughs) Like a dozen? I I think I crashed before. It hit the ground too hard. 
Jim had some truly unbelievable stories from these days, but the ones that stick out the most are the ones where they got caught. Like the time he had to shove bales of marijuana out of his plane while flying it, and Judy, who was on the ground to collect them, got in trouble. He did get locked up one time uh, with Jeanette oh, further yeah. south. That, that was yeah. for some weight, too. I think she had quite a bit. Yeah, that was one that was... Were you flying it? I think so. Yeah, somebody was behind after me that night. They were on my tail. Is that the ones you were throwing out of the plane? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they threw them out, and then they, some of them landed in the woods, some of them landed in this guy's field. But this wasn't just some guy's field. As Jim was being chased in the air, he was pushing bales of marijuana out of the plane, hoping to find them later. But as it turns out, some of Jim's load had landed on the Likes Brothers Ranch in South Florida. If the Likes Brothers don't ring a bell, all you need to know here is that the Likes family is one of the richest in America, and they own the largest ranch in Florida. So this wasn't just some farmer who found the load. It was the Likes company's private security who saw two white females running through their field. One of them ran into the woods, but Judy was caught with two black plastic garbage bags full of marijuana. And that's what Judy got arrested for. They chased me that night. I got away. Then there was a time Jim's autopilot messed up on descent, and his plane crashed nose first just off the airstrip. Jim was obviously fine, but the plane was totaled by fire. Already suspecting he was smuggling cocaine in from Jamaica, authorities guessed that after the crash, Jim unloaded his haul, and then he set his own plane on fire to cover up any narcotics residue. And then, suddenly wanting to follow the law, Jim called the accident into the NTSB to report the crash because he wanted to follow FAA rules. I can't remember how I got rid of some of them, and that's the truth. I've been thinking, what the heck did I do with that airplane? How do you get rid of the uh, like residue and stuff? Like, if you got bales of marijuana, are they that tightly wrapped? Or like, when you get rid of the plane, I would assume they try to handle it so they don't get resin all over it. Because I know one of the planes, I think you crash out a rough landing, like in uh, Gainesville. Oh, that one, yeah. But that that was the one that was on fire or uh, caught on fire. Yeah. They said in a report that you lit it on fire to destroy the evidence. You know, the residue, yeah. of the marijuana was the bottom line. That was in 1985. Jim kept flying after that, all the way up until 1989. How did you get out of the drug business? I got busted. How did you get caught? I got busted with uh, 1,077 pounds, and uh, I, was, I had so many problems inside the airplane. I had uh, some problems, a little bit of stuff on the ground that wasn't normal when I was throwing the bales in. Jim had fuel and engine problems after takeoff, and so he was working on his plane while it was on autopilot, but in the process, he got lost in the air. He felt like he couldn't trust his fuel gauges and decided to head home, but he ended up taking a risky route. Went right down to 400 feet, started descending on the south side of Cuba. You landed in Cuba? No, I came right across Cuba. Yeah, I was looking out the window to see if any missiles were coming at me there. (laughs) Since Jim was coming from Cuban airspace, the moment he crossed into Florida, the U.S. military was on him. Jim said they were so close to him, he could hear them coming through the wires on his headset. At that point, Jim had just one engine left, he didn't want his ground crew to get caught, and so he landed the plane on the highway. And I landed, and then he swung right around in front of me with all these big bright lights on, and... Yeah. Here I am. As a result of these drug smuggling years, Judy ended up with five years of probation. But Jim 
came out with 18 months in prison. How were you getting along with Judy before that arrest? Before I got arrested with the load? Yes. Uh, I think we got along all right. You were still together, husband and wife? She's on that hard job remembering this stuff. Um, I was wondering how she reacted to you getting arrested and getting 18 months, and I, I assume you were her primary source of income. Yeah, yeah, she's so having a hard time. When did things go south between you and Judy? Before well, when I got out of prison, okay. When Jim got out of prison, he was deported to Canada, and that was in May of 91, about eight months before Judy disappeared. Once he was up there, he said she brought the kids up to visit a few times. According to Judy's sisters, they were separated then, but it seems like things must have been complicated. Did you and Judy ever break up? Did you ever just say, I don't love you anymore, you don't love me anymore, we're no, through? Not that, no. Does she still love you at this point? Probably. Do you still love her at this point? Probably. I'm going to flash forward a little bit now. Do you recall who told you that she was missing? Jeanette. Jeanette called me. What did she tell you? In the apartment where Judy was. Mm -hmm. She said call the police. She thought there was blood on, the, on something in the kitchen and whatever. And the police were there and I know they didn't do much, didn't follow up on it or something. When you came down after Judy disappeared, why did you come to Florida? I just know I had to go down there. Like, I was shaking after they told me she was missing. Okay. And the kids. The children. What about the kids? Well, I, I went down because I just know I had to go down there then. I just had to. You know, she's missing, the kids are there, and they got no mom, and they don't know where their mother is. And I don't know, it just seemed a thing to, that you would do. And I wanted to go down. I wanted to, to go down then. I really did. Jim told Detective Allen that even though he wasn't supposed to come back into the U.S., he drove down to Florida and surprised the detective when he said he went to talk to law enforcement himself. And that was a surprise because there is, of course, no record of that happening. And when you came down, is that when you met with the police? I went right straight to the, to the Gainesville police. Do you remember who you spoke to? There's absolutely no record of that in any investigative file that I've read. I don't know. I don't know his name now. Remember what he looked like? I remember a cartoon on the wall there they had, but that's... What did you tell them? What did they tell you? They didn't tell me much. Not long after Judy's disappearance, Jim took his three boys from Cousin Mary, and she decided to adopt Judy's little girl. Judy's family told me Jim only had the boys a few months before they were taken away from him by Canada's Child Protective Services. They were eventually adopted by one of the boys' teachers. But then Jim just kind of went away. Did anybody from the family talk to Jim or did you talk to Jim after she went missing or was found? Mm -hmm. Nope, he wasn't even at her funeral. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. I have no use for the man. Yeah. And like I said, when he came to get the boys, he wasn't supposed to be in Florida. And then they found the body, whatever, and they had the funeral. Well, he didn't show up for no funeral. Something was off. Something's off. When, whenever they found the body, he was ready to brush it off. He said he didn't have no money, that he couldn't come get this, that he couldn't come to Florida, you know, because of his last time that they deported him. Oh, so for that, you can't come to Florida because he didn't want to pay for no funeral, mm. nothing, not a penny, not a penny. Mm -mm. He never asked no details at all about none of it. 
That was another thing that in the pit of my stomach. Jim McFarlane is 80 years old now, and I did reach out to talk to him to see if he wanted to talk about Judy's case, and I never heard back. But there are still a couple of theories that are Jim adjacent that I think we should hit on. The first is that Judy wanted to get a hold of Jim's customers so she could do one last load to help get herself and the kids back on their feet. After all, Jim had taught Judy to fly. So Jim gets arrested and deported to Canada, and Judy's left with four kids, and there was this theory. Well, let's face it, Judy is in a really bad place. She's married, but her husband is in Canada and wants nothing to do with the kids, and he's not coming back. Her primary source of income, which was significant, was from smuggling drugs, and that money is gone. And she's living in a house with her friends and family that burns to the ground. So now she's in a really bad spot. So I think she was considering all of her options. And one of those things included using all of her husband's cartel contacts to do one big load herself. And then she'd perhaps make enough money to support her children, maybe for the rest of their lives, or at least until you know she could get up on her feet in her own a legitimate career. What do you think about that? Because that certainly seems like if that was the route she was going, you make one wrong step with the drug cartel or if Jim got mad about it. If that was what she was trying to do, could that have been how she met her demise? Um, that just certainly was a consideration that I looked into. I mean, I wanted to get her flight book. I want to see where she had flown to. I know she had been taught to fly by Jim. I asked Jim McFarlane about that, you know, when I interviewed him in Canada, and he said that she wasn't competent enough to do that by herself. She couldn't fly those size airplanes, and she certainly couldn't fly jets at all. So I, I kind of wrote that off as how she met her demise. And then there's one more theory that Cousin Mary told me about that I think has to be considered. So she'd been trying to get a hold of him because of the fire, because she didn't have nothing, she didn't have no money. And in the past, she had lost a load of drugs, and she was very nervous about it. Yeah, could you tell me about that? I wrote that down the first time you mentioned it, because I don't know about that, the lost load. I don't know. That's all I heard, you know, about a load that she lost. Well, did she lose it out of a plane? Did she lose it to some thieves? Did she lose it because she got arrested? You know what I'm saying? You're like, okay. Was it recent? That's all I heard. Well, it had to be just prior to, to the house fire. You mentioned that Judy was nervous about the lost load. Yeah. And she was she was real antsy. And I still go back to that. And... McFarlane, like I said, that's been his life, okay? Smuggling drugs. Mm -hmm. So what if he did come after I got the kids to talk to her or whatever? Mm -hmm. And that's who she wrote off with. Like I said, whoever she wrote off with, she knew. And they got into it or something. He'd done something to her. Or maybe he was ordered to do something to him or they were going to do something to him for that load she lost. Mm. Would there be anything to, you know, they got caught? And that would have been a big cutoff of income and a way of getting the drugs to Florida for the cartel. They lost all the drugs that would have been on the plane. Those would have been seized. Is there anything to a drug cartel having come for her? I think if Judy had pursued that avenue as a means to supporting her family, 
I think her risk factor of being a victim of a violent crime would have gone up significantly. I don't know if it was a cartel hit, if they would have left the body, you know, in town. That never made too much sense to me. I would think they're probably pretty well versed on how to get rid of the evidence in a case like that. So I, I kind of discounted that. I considered that, but I, I don't think that's what happened in this case. Interesting. You know, they always say the husband did it, but you don't think so. I spent a lot of time with Jim McFarlane in Canada, and I'd heard a lot of ominous things about him, but to me, he just looked like a harmless, fading old man. Now, did he tick off someone in the cartel business as a potential witness against the cartel? I mean, that's entirely possible, but killing Judy to make an impression on him wouldn't have made any sense because they weren't together anymore anyway. So mm -hmm. I never really pursued that angle very strongly. Okay. You know, it's one of the main reasons I came here today. I wanted to hear you talk about Judy. It always helps from a, a homicide detective perspective to know the victim. And, and that's why I really wanted to meet you. And most of the stuff I had a, kind of a rough idea of. I really wanted to meet, you know, Jim McFarland, the man, too. And I feel much more uh, like I know Judy and the lifestyle and everything back then. I definitely know Jim now. Yeah. It's helpful. Yeah. So, um. All right. Um, this will conclude the interview of Jim McFarlane. The time is 14.57. So the husband, with all his drugs and smuggling, who was sent to prison while Judy stayed out on probation, moved down Detective Allen's list of possible suspects. And that was a tough blow for Nancy and Mary. And I was so excited when Kevin took on the cold case thing and opened it, and I was just really hoping that something, a, a big clue would come out of it. Maybe after all these years, McFarland would have, I don't know, slipped up, said something, done something, something. It devastated me when, when he called me to tell me. Because I asked him, would he call me back and, and let me know once he interviewed McFarland or whatever. And he said that his brain was flying. And I'm like, well, there goes that one. Detective Allen ruled him out for me as a suspect after all these years. He went and he interviewed him. And he lives in Canada. They flew all the way to Canada and interviewed him. And he told me that he was really sorry, but truthfully, he did not believe he did it. And if it made me feel any better, he still kept a picture of my sister by his bed. You're kidding. Mm -hmm. Wow. While Jim was in prison, Judy had told both of her sisters she was done with him. That chapter was over and she was ready to turn her life around for herself and for her kids. This is when she started classes at Santa Fe Community College in Gainesville and when she started getting really into a local church. She told me she was getting her life together. That's why she was going back to school. She said, I've already figured it out. I can get a degree in two years in industrial engineering. I can start creating buildings and stuff. There's big money and realty and commerce and that's what I want to go for. And she said that I can get a good job and me and the kids are going to be just fine. And I said, that's good, baby. You have a goal. Do you think that's why she got back into that church? Just kind of starting over? Or? Yeah, me and Judy weren't really religious. We didn't really go to church anymore after our parents couldn't force us. We kind of separated from that. And then 
I guess not long before she died, she started reading the Bible a lot, being interested in church. But yeah, she was starting to get really into religion and it. I was like, hmm, doesn't sound bad, Judy, but you know, maybe it's her way out right now. Where do we go for a refuge for failure? Where do we go for a refuge from despair? Where do we go when somehow we have made our mistakes? Next up is this church chapter where Judy gets really involved with her religion. She's going to school and she's trying to turn her life around, but in doing so, things somehow get more complicated. We're going to go back to her last night and the person who was reportedly the last to see her alive. So overall, where does he go on your list? I didn't trust him, and I don't know that I believe him. What's the likelihood he had something to do with Judy's death? I think fairly high. When Detective Allen interviewed Judy's Bible study teacher in 2016, he said the teacher's story about that night was very different from what had been said in 1992. So I tracked him down to see if we could straighten it all out and nail down Judy's last known whereabouts. It seems like you were the last person to see her. I don't know for sure about that. And then Detective Allen mentioned to me that you might have gone back to see her again. Mm, that's not true, ma'am. And I, like I said, I don't want to discuss any more about it. That's how things get twisted around. I see that. That's why I don't want to do the interviews, just simply for that statement right there. Uh, okay. Thank you very much. Don't call anymore. Twist anything you told the detective you went back. That's on the next episode of Shallow Graves. If you know anything about the murder of Judy McFarland, please call the Alachua County Sheriff's Office. If you want to get a hold of me, you can call and leave a message at 352-559-5717 or find me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Music for this season is by Mark at Lineout Studios. Some editing on this episode is by Michael Spencer. And all other editing, reporting, and producing is by me, Haley Holloway.